Welcome to the Week 8 edition of the uh, Redshirts Fantasy Football Podcast, a waiver show. I am Kent Wyrock coming to you uh, with some hot new uh, waiver pickup possibilities. And of course, I am joined by my good friend, Matthew Betts. Betts, how are we doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. It was a really good Week 8 for me in fantasy, so I am uh, I'm very happy heading into Week 9. Good to hear. I had a couple of uh, kind of close matchups. I, I had one matchup that I thought I was for sure going to lose until Drew Brees put up just a ugly outing fantasy-wise, and uh, he was on the opposing team, so it kind of saved my butt there a little bit. But uh, I'll take the wins as they come, I guess. Yeah, there's probably a lot of Drew Brees owners out there that are not happy with that performance last night, even though the team looked great and he got credit for his, air quotes here, uh, touchdown pass. Uh, it could have even been much worse. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but anyway, let's let's look ahead to the the upcoming weeks. We got some some guys we could talk about here as far as waiver pickups. I think that there's you know there, there's kind of like the leftover stuff from last week a little bit. And as far as new n- names, I don't think there's really too much. There's one guy on this list I know I like a lot, uh, but we'll get to that. So let's just start off with the uh, quarterback position as we always do. Hey, Fitz Magic, he's back. He's already been announced as the starter for the Buccaneers. He took over for Winston midway through the uh, game in which Winston threw four interceptions. And, uh, oof, I'll tell you what, I started Winston. That that sucked. Yeah, I also started Winston in a couple of leagues. Absolutely brutal. He just looks terrible out there. The The defense wasn't even playing that good against him, the Bengals. It was, he was just literally throwing interceptions left and right, a la Nathan Peterman directly to the other team it, it was brutal to watch yeah so the the next three Buccaneers games are the Panthers the Redskins and the Giants not exactly the world's best matchups are, are you thinking about rostering Fitzpatrick uh based on what you saw early in the season and him getting the starting job now oh absolutely I think that he, he is certainly worth a start moving forward um if you need a streamer and you know there's probably no one else out there on the waiver wire who offers what Fitzpatrick does in terms of upside, which we've seen him absolutely explode this year. So, um, yeah, he did it again this Sunday, coming back from behind. So uh, I think it's certainly worth rostering and throwing in your lineup if you need someone. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, he's they've already had their bye week, so you can kind of throw him in. You, you might have to deal with, if you decide to go with him as your starting quarterback, like some 10-point weeks, like some low-end weeks. But he's going to have those 30, 35-point games like he was doing early in the year. Uh, and we saw, and kind of due to that, I think that you can look at guys like Chris Godwin and I don't know, maybe, I don't know if Deshaun Jackson would be on waivers anywhere, but I, I know Godwin probably is. So get a piece of this offense as so long as Fitzpatrick is starting at the head of it. Yeah, and we should just touch on that real quick too, Ken. The fact that Deshaun Jackson, for some reason, is requesting a trade oh, out yeah. of Tampa Bay. And then, of course, he comes out yesterday and catches a bomb. But, um, yeah, if he does end up getting traded, we don't have him on the sheet to talk about. But Chris Godwin, a uh, great pickup if that happens. Yeah, and real quick, I, I, I heard that he had troubles, uh, Deshaun Jackson, that has had issue with Jameis Winston. So if Fitzpatrick's starting, maybe he's just like, yo, hey, hold on, I'll, I'll play. I'll play so long as Fitz is. I love the magic. <laughs> so Oh, just, I, just kidding. I didn't realize yeah, this was I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I want to stay now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you have to run out and like spend all your fab on fits. I think you can just grab them pretty cheaply. Someone might outbid you, but I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd recommend going all in on them unless you, uh, maybe you were a Winston owner. 
then maybe you want to drop five bucks on him. I, I don't think I'd be too mad at that. Yeah, for sure. And if you miss out on him, the quarterback position, like we always talk about, is just so deep. So I, I definitely wouldn't overspend to get him. One or two bucks uh, is pretty much all I'd spend. As far as other quarterbacks, I don't think there's anyone else really huge. I think you can get a streaming candidate uh, in free agency after waivers clear. So we're not really going to talk about anyone else this week. Let's move on to the running back position. Again, this is just kind of a service announcement. Uh, if Doug Martin or Jalen Richard are still on your waiver wires, and they are in quite a few leagues, I see currently Doug Martin's at 53% in Yahoo leagues, Jalen Richard at 63%. Uh, you got to roster these guys. I mean, Jalen Richard had eight receptions, caught every single one of his targets. Uh, even Doug Martin, I thought, looked pretty decent out there, to be perfectly honest. How, how did you feel about the, the Raiders running backs? Yeah, I was actually surprised by... Uh, Martin's production, he looked pretty decent. I am pretty excited about Jalen Richard. I think that we've talked about it before on this podcast and in our weekly, you know, regular preview show. Just that, you know, Jalen Richard's value comes in the form of the passing game. And if the Raiders are going to be trailing by this much, which they were by like two two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, to the Colts, they're going to be literally trailing to almost everyone that they play. So yeah, Jalen Richard, uh, very serviceable in PPR formats. Yeah, 100% agree. I uh, Of the two, I definitely want Richard more, I think, in any format, even standard. So uh, I'll just throw that out there. I, You know, if, if they're on your waiver wire this week, you're going to have to pay, you know, probably up to 15% in order to get Jalen Richard and, and probably a little bit less for Doug. But uh, other people are going to be gunning for him now that they've seen some production. Let's move on over to a guy who I think is a little bit more of a stash intrigue. Uh, I have already added him as a free agent in a few spots. Uh, this is, of course, Elijah McGuire running back for the New York Jets. And this comes at the news of Bilal Powell being put on IR with a neck injury. So um, I heard there was a couple different reports on this injury. So real quick, what happened with Bilal? Yeah, so the, the Bilal Powell injury, unfortunately... Uh, is going to be a season ender, and he is going to require surgery. He's having surgery to basically remove a piece of a disc in his neck um, that herniated and potentially is causing some nerve involvement, uh, which is similar to the Quincy Inunua neck injury from last year for the Jets. So it's basically the same type of injury that Inunua had. His also required surgery, but head coach Todd Bowles did say that uh, it's more serious than Noon was, so I suspect that this is kind of what's going on with him, uh, and hopefully he can be okay for you know, his future and potentially get back on the field. Yeah, um, as far as Elijah McGuire, I think this is a guy who the coaching staff really likes. I mean, early in the season, he was slated for the Bilal Powell role. And, you know, the running back coach, I, and, and I don't, was that on the, the pod we talked about McGuire last week, right? Yeah, yeah, we previewed it last yeah. week just saying, hey, grab him. Yeah, so I, de I definitely think he's worth grabbing now. The running backs coach compared him uh, to <laughs> LaDainian Tomlinson, which, you know, he isn't. But I think he flashes some some PPR upside here for the remainder of the year. Could be uh, a nice cheap grab that ends up being worthwhile. So, uh, I, But he he's not back yet. He should be activated this week. So you probably can sneak him. If your league is a little bit, you know, behind the mark on stuff like that, uh, probably only wager a couple bucks. But to me, in terms of value, uh, I think he's worth 10% of fab, which if I made any sense right there. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. You talked about it already. They 
they wanted him to be, you know, the 1A or the 1B to Isaiah Crowell before the season started. And, you know, they were even talking about getting rid of Bilal Powell. So this kind of allows them to do that and do what they wanted to do. So I think he'll be utilized relatively heavily here moving forward. And I'm definitely with you. I'm willing to go, you know, 8 to 10% to get him if I have to. And if I'm in a very competitive league, like you mentioned, though, I, I do think this is one that our listeners could probably get away with throwing a dollar or two on him or even a $0 bid to see if they get him because not many people are on this guy yet. Yeah, and as far as Isaiah Crowell, I mean, he's really been a couple of big games, and then beyond that has been really bad. So, you know, I, I think it could be potentially Elijah McGuire's entire backfield uh, if things go well for the remainder of the year. So definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on. Let's swing over to a name I threw on the list here kind of last minute, and, and it's really just to kind of get it talking because I'm sure other listeners are going to be thinking about this. Josh Adams on the Eagles, he he looked like the best running back this last week. I mean, maybe Smallwood looked as good. Corey Clement is just not getting used to the degree that I really expected him to, um, and he's also kind of squandered his opportunity. So is it worth throwing Josh Adams on your bench? I mean, it might be. I it's kind of tough to say at this point. I think the easiest answer is to just avoid the backfield. But, you know, if you're losing running backs like Bilal Powell, you need to find a replacement. So that's why we talk about it. Yeah, no, I totally agree that that is the correct approach to take in that if you can avoid this backfield, definitely do it. I mean, Doug Peterson does not want to commit to one guy at all. Uh, Corey Clement has been disappointing, I think, because I think we were all pretty high on him as a sleeper this year. Ajayi goes down, and of course we say he's going to be the next man up, but the team just will not commit to one guy, and you never know who it's going to be week to week. Best case scenario for um, Josh Adams is basically that he is the leader of the three-headed or four-headed monster committee with Darren Sproles actually set to come back relatively soon. So um, I want no part of the situation, and to be honest with you, I probably won't even uh, pick him up. Yeah, he might be a fab trap, and that's kind of one of the reasons I want to bring it up is so you should not go chasing the points on him uh, from this last week. Even though he looked okay, I don't think it's a consistent thing you can rely on. So, yeah, with that, I mean, that's really it for the running back position this week. I think more of the intriguing targets are going to be here in the wide receiver position. So, from the top, let's talk about Kiki Kuti. He is, of course, on this list because Will Fuller has gone to the IR. So... Betts, uh, what what happened with Fuller, and, and why is he injured? Will Fuller, unfortunately, on Thursday Night Football, uh, tore his ACL. He was going up for reception and came down, landed on his uh, right leg, and you could see his right knee kind of buckle. Pretty classic non-contact mechanism for his injury there. Um, and he's going to undergo surgery this week, and then he'll be placed on IR, and he'll be after the year. And I, actually, ironically, this is the same time that Deshaun Watson tore his ACL last year, and they're going to have surgery uh, by the same surgeon. A little fun fact. Oh, cool. Well, as far as for the remainder of this season, as as much as I liked Kiki Kuti earlier this year and I thought he was going to have some breakout potential, his remaining schedule is just awful. I mean, it's super terrible. Uh, ranked by Sharp Football Stats, it's the third most difficult as far as passing metrics go. Uh, Broncos, Redskins, Titans, Browns, Colts, Jets, uh, Eagles. So that's what the one good matchup is week 16. So if you make it there, 
Uh, maybe he's worth a flex shot, but are you going to start him until then? I don't know. I, d- I don't think so unless unless he's getting 10-plus targets a week and then you can overcome those matchups. So I'm a little lower on him than you are. Tell, tell me why you might feel uh, like adding him, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just based off what we've seen earlier in the year, the fact that you know Will Fuller's out, QT just slides right in there and, and is immediately serviceable as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, um, in a, a passing attack that they pass the ball a ton with Deshaun Watson. So uh, I definitely like him a little bit more than you in terms of adding him this week. I will say uh, QT is also dealing with an injury of, of his own. He's dealing with a hamstring injury, so it's it's unclear if he's actually going to be able to go this week. So uh, maybe temper expectations for this week and next week. But moving forward, uh, he's going to be the immediate wide receiver too there, and I love that from uh, from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and like I said, if, if he can start getting those targets at uh... – I'm in, and and I will uh, go grab him. But someone else is probably going to outbid me this week on him, and for that reason, I probably will not have him. But let's go ahead and move on. we got a few more wide receivers to talk about today. So uh, let's talk real quick about Cortland Sutton. And I think, you know, we kind of touched on this previously. There's rumors, uh, although much more legitimate rumors now, that Demarius Thomas is uh, a trade candidate. And I've, I've heard Texans and Patriots are the two emerging contenders. So that would throw a wrench in our Kiki Kuti takes there a second ago, um, I suppose. But yeah, also, you can, uh, you can kind of scratch that <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> but um, if Demarius Thomas were to be traded, Corlin Sutton immediately becomes a wide receiver too uh, in my books. How, how do you feel about him? Oh, yeah, 100%. We talked about him uh, last week and, and talking about these Marius Thomas trade rumors and saying that, you know, if that happens, Sutton is immediately startable. Uh, he's actually been really consistent as the wide receiver three for that team over the past uh, five weeks, at least 40 yards receiving or a touchdown in, you know, each of those last five weeks. So um, even though he doesn't seem like he's been a very serviceable option, in deeper leagues, he's already startable in fantasy. So if, if you know, if Thomas leaves, uh, definitely a must add for me. Yeah, 100% agree. He's currently 10% owned. Uh, get him on a roster. He's a stash candidate for the moment. Uh, if, if Demarius Thomas does not get traded before the deadline tomorrow, I believe it's at 4 Eastern. So Tuesday, that is, I should say, if you're listening on Tuesday. Um, yeah, then then his stock takes a little bit of a hit, and he might be of a sketchier hold. But um, still something to keep an eye on as you're, as you're going out there and looking. So. Up next on the docket, we're going to talk about Christian Kirk. He had seven targets this last week, and he caught three of them for 42 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I really like the looks he was getting from Josh Rosen. I think Rosen himself has come into his game a little bit more. You know, later on this this docket, we actually have Larry Fitzgerald on this list because people have been dropping him. So let's just talk about both these receivers right now. Which of these two would you rather have rest of season? I, I think I know your answer, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to go Larry Fitzgerald, and for me, it's not very close. I think that um, when you look at what's happened over the last two weeks with, with Fitz finding the end zone on back-to-back weeks and the volume, he's got 12 targets this past week, so that's always been Fitz's game, and you know if that's going to continue to happen, I will trust the veteran with the volume over the hyped rookie, um, although I, I do like Kirk as well, so uh, not a bad consolation prize if you lose out on Fitzgerald. Yeah, and, and I think I kind of mentioned it previously when talking about Kirk is that I, I'm interested in the future of this franchise, so to speak. And and unfortunately for Larry, that 
he's not that. You know, he's um he he's he's a legend, of course. I love him. He's a Minnesota guy, big fan, but it's going downhill for Larry Fitzgerald. So if I'm looking towards upside, I still think that Christian Kirk represents that. Uh, since Rosen has take o- taken over, these two receivers are actually tied in air yards with 334. I just looked that up, and I found that pretty interesting. So, uh, And then they both have two touchdowns. So you might not miss if you get one or the other, perfectly honest. But uh, Kirk Yeah, is- and we talked about that too uh, last week about how favorable the matchups are for Christian Kirk moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on by this week, so you actually might be able to get away without having to put a lot of money on these guys and the fact that you could get them uh, this week as a free agent or next week after the buy. But they've got, in Week 10, Kansas City, Oakland, the Chargers, and Green Bay, and those are all pretty good matchups for wide receivers. So uh, certainly you like that if you do scoop up one of these guys. 100%. So I, I think that's, you know, if, if Larry Fitzgerald is uh, not rostered right now, he definitely should be. Um, Christian Kirk, like I said, looking for upside long-term potential. So let's move on. And we got another pair of receivers we can kind of talk about. Not really, but they have the same last name. So first, we're going to talk about David Moore. Um, I originally thought he was a flash in the pan, but he is putting games together week after week. He's been outperforming for the most part, Doug Baldwin on the Seattle Seahawks so far, and Russell Wilson is starting to hit his late-season stride that he always seems to do. Do you want to invest in a cheap option in this offense and see if you can get that upside one or two more times? It's tough for this one because this one relies solely on touchdowns, and that's where they like to use this guy a lot. That's where he gets most of his target and most of his volume, which if it hits like it did this last week, you know, it's phenomenal and it's wide receiver two or one numbers. And if it doesn't, it ruins your week. So uh, I really like to stay away from those types of players because touchdowns are just so difficult to predict. Um, but I mean, certainly, like you mentioned, Russell Wilson coming into his own in the second half of the season, like he always does. And if that's going to happen, sure, I want a piece of that offense. So uh, yeah, I think he's worth an ad and, and waiting to see kind of what happens here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and actually something I just looked up on David Moore is that he's actually only had two red zone targets so far. So it sounds like it's not going to be a super reliable thing as far as, you know, if you if he had like six, seven red zone targets and caught four of them, then you're starting to look at uh, someone who's actually useful inside the red zone, like more like a tight end at the wide receiver position. And unfortunately, he doesn't really have that. So I think I'm going to kind of lean with you as far as not picking up David Moore. I think you could probably leave him out there for someone else to go after those touchdowns, and they're probably going to miss. But uh, on the other hand, I I want DJ Moore, and I want him bad. Oh, you! I wish our listeners could see your face. You look so Ooh. happy right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's. He's also alluding to the fact that I recently shaved my beard uh, that I'm <laughs> that I'm very known for having. So. I had to do a Halloween costume. It looks like he's 13 right now. Yeah, I look pretty pretty young. But uh, (laughs) uh, DJ Moore, uh, he's the one who's getting me all hot and bothered. And boy, did he look good this last week. Uh, Coming up uh, real soon, actually over on the Fantasy Footballers, I'm going to do a film review of all his touches from this last game. He's getting used in the receiving game, in the rushing game, uh, with a little dribble run. Did you you see that rush attempt where he dropped it and scooped it back up? I, I won't say that was uh, by design or good or anything, but they're trying to get him yeah, the don't, ball. Don't do that in the future. No. DJ Moore, don't do that. And the, and they're starting to fade out Devin Funchess, I think. So 
they, they also have a very favorable favorable uh, receiving defense in the remainder of their games. They are the second easiest schedule according to Sharp Football Stats. So if you're looking for a late-season rookie breakout from a dude who breaks uh, a whole bunch of metrics, DJ Moore is your guy to look at. Yeah, and he was actually one of my sleepers when we did the Matt Harmon episode previewing wide receiver sleepers. I love this guy like you. Uh, he was the first wide receiver taken in this year's draft ahead of guys like um, Calvin Ridley and Cortland Sutton. So, yeah, he is definitely a talented guy. Uh, and actually, the the coaching staff came out this week before the game saying that they were going to feature him more with Torrey Smith out of the lineup. He's currently dealing with a knee injury. Woo! And so, yeah, and so if that's going to be a thing moving forward, yeah, give me give me DJ Moore, who could easily, I think, take over as the top option for Keep Cam Newton. Go and bets. I am ready for the DJ Moore breakout. Oh my god, I am so ready. Um, I've been touting this guy all off season. I loved him in the draft process. I think it's coming. So get him on. Is he going to be roster. your? Is he going to be your start of the week this week? Uh he might. I get I get real <laughs> weird with it. So um my my last one didn't work out so well, but we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Uh, let's talk about a few more guys here. Uh, Danny Amendola on the Dolphins. Do you think that he represents uh, a PPR kind of flex play each and each and every week? I think he's certainly on the flex radar. I don't know that you can rely on him week to week. Uh, I will say last week his stat line and his fantasy points were certainly padded by that uh, touchdown pass that he actually threw oh, yeah. to Kenny and Drake, which was an awesome pass. Um, but if he doesn't get that, you're looking at a, a much worse day. And um, I, I just don't know that it's going to be very reliable moving forward, especially with Brock Osweiler uh, under center. I, I will probably stay away from this situation. Well, and it sounds like Ryan Tannehill might be starting to get close to coming back. Have you been keeping tabs on his injury? Yeah, they were saying that he's still having trouble with some velocity and power in the shoulder. So sure. uh, it's not going to be this week. Uh, and it could be, you know, another another week or two uh, on top of that. So unclear exactly when they're going to get him back out there, but uh, certainly a situation to monitor week to week. Yeah, and then his teammate Devontae Parker, uh, currently 13% owned in Yahoo Leagues. He went big this last week, nine targets, six receptions for 134 yards. Uh, kind of the conspiracy theory, my tinfoil hat thing that I got for this is that they're showcasing him to get, try and get him traded. Uh, before the trade deadline, what do you think about that? Is that is that too conspiracy? No, I actually kind of buy into it. To be honest with you, Parker has been again. Oh, listeners can't see this. Air quotes injured. Um, he actually did have an injury earlier in the season, but it's lingered for so long, half the year, and they just keep saying that they're not going to play him. And literally, I think Adam Gase quoted saying that they're going to play him this past week because they have no one else to play. So yeah, I don't understand the situation and what's happening there's clearly a disconnect between the two sides and uh, it's not a situation that you know seems to be working out for either either side yeah that that's gonna be a tough one i haven't heard much of a peep out of uh, the twitterverse as far as him getting traded except for the fact that the dolphins want to trade him but of course you need a trade partner for that to happen so i don't think anyone's really willing to give up much for parker at the moment they'll just wait for his contract to run out he's still semi-young so um yeah but let's what is this now is fifth year in the league uh yeah yeah because he was a first round pick did well they didn't exercise his option it must be his fourth year gotcha. yeah i i think so but um okay that's it for wide receivers let's talk about we got one tight end here on the docket jack doyle 
uh Doyle rules he got the touchdown and uh Doyle rules yeah he had a pretty good day um but so did Eric Ebron he had a touchdown as well it, do you think that Doyle is going to be a an every week startable tight end I do actually yes okay tell me why well when you look at the snap percentages amongst all three of these wide receiver or excuse me tight ends um speaking about Jack Doyle Eric Ebron and Mo Ali Cox it was a formal, former basketball player at oh, VCU. Yeah. Um, Jack Doyle, 73% of the snaps. Ebron, just 22. And Ali Cox, 32. So it's it's clear who is the, the tight end one on this roster. It's Jack Doyle. And the relationship between he and Andrew Luck is well documented. He went to him a lot in this game and, and looked his way a ton. So for me, it's, it's easily Jack Doyle. And with how bad, we say it all the time, how bad the landscape of tight end is uh yeah i'll take some jack doyle yeah i mean at this point it it, i I can't imagine that there's too many teams that are still hunting for a a starting tight end i think that um things have kind of settled a little bit but i think that there's a maybe a handful of guys like maybe like if you have a bad matchup for jordan reed or vance mcdonald or kyle rudolph then you can throw in doyle but I don't know. I don't. I don't think that there's going to be every week targets. There's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense now. The back, uh, excuse me, Marlon Mack is back. I can't. I got to get that return of the Mack drop uh, ready for <laughs> Wednesday. I, we don't do many drops on this show, but um, and Naheem Hines and Doyle. Well, excuse me, and Ebron and you know Hilton and just Rogers. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and uh, I don't think that Doyle is like top of the totem pole. And, you know, I don't think he's clear cut better than the rest. So he's going to have good games. And I, I just don't know if I can commit to him every single week. But he certainly, if you, if you, if you like started Uzuma and you're just done with him, you grab Doyle, start Doyle. I mean, by all means. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's definitely on the streaming radar for sure. And there's, there's always a chance too that things change, right? They're going into a bye yeah. week, they could develop you know, getting him even more acclimated into the offense. And who knows, maybe they come out of the bye week and it's very clearly not Ebron and it is clearly Doyle. And then of course our opinions would change even more. So um, you get to kind of wait a week and see what happens when they get back off the bye. Yeah. All right. And then real quick, before we head out of here, we got a defense you can grab uh, pretty cheaply. I think Uh, he's going to kind of fly under the radar. The Cowboys defense will be coming off a bye playing the Titans at home. Uh, next week so I think they are a very good streaming defense they're kind of middle of the pack right now I mean they're not terrible they've only they've never allowed more than I think it was 24 points or something uh, so far this year so they've actually been a pretty solid defense in terms of NFL defense so uh, they could be due for a big game there yeah and they've been excellent at home as well um, we saw what they did to the Jaguars a couple weeks ago and just absolutely destroy that offense and uh, we've talked about it on here a couple times as well as on you know Twitter and that kind of thing uh, personally, I'm done with Mariota. I, I want Corey Davis to be a thing, but that offense is just not doing anything. And I think that that makes uh, the Cowboys an awesome streaming option at the defense position uh, in week nine. Bets, have you been reading my number of fire articles? Because I said last week that if you had an extra bench spot, you should stash the Cowboys defense and uh, be, be ready to play them. Kent, I subscribe to all of your Twitter posts. And so every time that one comes out, I absolutely hop on there and read your beautiful writing. Woohoo! And I know where I go to read injury reports over on the Fantasy Footballers, and that's that's by you, of course. So that's awesome. 
Good. We got good work coming out. So uh, yes, that, that's it for the uh, the waiver list today. I think there's some intriguing names on there. Um, definitely no one worth blowing all your fab on. So hold on to a little bit. The The big weeks are coming up for getting that uh, elite third string running back that no one thought was going to be relevant. So be ready to go waste all your money on that later in the year. But that's it for today. Betts, thank you so much. Yeah, man. As always, it was a good time. Uh, let's keep this thing rolling and head into week nine. Yeah, I'm going to ditch out on this Monday night game and go watch uh, some hockey instead because the Bills are just horrendous and the Pats are just toying with them. Yeah, it has been a very boring game to watch, I'll be honest with you. And I don't I don't hate that. What game are you going to watch? Uh, the Wild. The Minnesota Wild are on tonight and they're playing against Vancouver Canucks. So... Hockey, yeah. It's going to be a good one. There's some good hockey up here, boys. Okay, let's stop the chi- let's stop the chit-chat. <laughs> thank you for listening to this waiver show. You can find us on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod. Uh, thank you for listening. Go get those waiver guys. And once again, we are the Red Shirts.